0: Welcome again to the Worship Life Podcast with Mike Harland. I am your co-host, Brian Brown, and this is again a special edition from the B.B. McKinney Bunkers. Mike, (laughs) how are you doing in your bunker? (laughs) Well, you know, this bunker
1: looks a whole lot like my home, (laughs) my house. (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're kind of, Tim Henning, our engineer, uh, came up with an idea of how to record this remotely and not have that telephone sound. Uh, which you know it, it doesn't really sound that great in a podcast so we're actually using yeah. voice memos on iPhones and Tim is stacking them together on a on a mix program platform on his and editing them together and it sounds like we're sitting in the same
0: room but we're not. Pretty amazing technology yeah. and uh, kudos to Tim for figuring that out. I mean, you know, he, he may absolutely. look just like a regular
1: person, but he's actually kind of
0: smart. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I would have never figured that out. I this would is never the first is. time I've ever i I've ever used a voice memo feature on my phone. I didn't know it was there until Tim told me about it. So but I'm a Luddite. I d I don't you know me, Mike, I don't embrace the new technology these kids are involved yeah, in these yeah, days. Yeah. And, and here's and,
1: and I, you know, just in case there's somebody out there that would need to do this here's how we're doing it we are talking to each other on landlines on different phones so we're hearing each other uh through another phone and then we're recording each one of our voices on voice memos on another phone and we're and then and then he's editing our voice memos together to make it sound like we're in the same room so that that's kind of the secret sauce behind how we're doing uh worship life podcast from the bunker so anyway, maybe, I maybe guess, somebody out there could use that tool somehow for another reason.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what creativity that this crisis has created in people. Mm-hmm. And Mike, you and I were just talking just before we, we started recording about how churches have gotten just unbelievably creative in the ways that they're doing ministry.
1: You know, we, we have seen but, everything in the world. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a big Nazarene church here in Nashville that did drive-in worship where they yeah, set up the their worship area. team on the porch and uh, everybody came up in their cars and just rode their cars down. And uh, windows yep. down, and 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 even a few people got out of their cars, but they stayed appropriately away from everybody else, and they had quite a little crowd of people in their parking lot, a uh,
0: drive-in worship experience. So that was pretty cool. You know, cool. Mike, that that drew my mind back, and and you'll you may remember this, uh, Jim Henry, who um, at one time pastored the Two Rivers Baptist Church here yeah, in Nashville before going ago. down to Florida, yeah. and he way back when might have been the 70s was doing drive-in. Then and uh, he would have prayers and people would flash their headlights if they had made a decision. It was really, and so this has been <laughs> well, brought you know, back. I don't know where, uh, um, and I believe I've got all those details right. My my Southern Baptist funny. history, folks, or Jim himself could. I mean, people could correct that story if they wanted to. But that's what I uh, I remember reading that in a, in a Baptist press article. Yeah, Jim. That he had done drive-in church many many before their facilities could hold all the people that. wanted Wow. To come.
1: Well, you know what? He was ahead of his time. I mean, that was that was yeah. quite a.
0: Quite an idea,
1: and you know, we're one of the things I hear about. Uh, Brian is um, we hear about churches that are that are trying to figure out how to do communion, uh, and, and it's really right. interesting. There's some theological implications to this, so let's chase this rabbit a little bit. Uh, communion okay. is based on you know the whole even the name of it is based on the idea of community. Um, right. That communion is something the church gathers to do. So. How in the world can you do communion separate? Um, and, of course, different faith traditions place the role of, commun- of communion in our faith in different places. The Catholic tradition treats it, treats it differently than other traditions do, and other churches observe communion every time they gather to worship, others not quite as often, others just a few times a year. But... but. Um, the, the the theological question that I've been asked and been chasing the last few several days is can you do communion by yourself uh does that work does that um are you participating with the larger church body that are all doing communion by themselves? Uh, you know, how does the community aspect of communion work when we are in isolation? That's an interesting question to ponder.
0: Right. So what have you? <laughs> I was about? just wondering if you had a give comment. Us a, well, give
1: us your answer. Well, here's my thing about communion. This is kind of the old school part of my experience. I, um, I believe communion is an ordinance of the church, that it is something the church does as a body, so, I don't think communion should be done just anywhere you want to do it, like you're out in a city park and let's do communion today at flippantly or or just as an a ritual if you will. I think that kind of defeats the point. I think uh the communal aspect of communion is an essential aspect of it, that said that you know there are virtual ways to do that I mean I think you could disperse uh, or have everyone bring their own elements of communion into a video uh, experience where everybody's online together, maybe in a platform that allows that the zoom platform seems to be one of choice these days where you could create a virtual community. And, you know, the thing, I think the, the one principle is to not be legalistic about any of it, but try to try to make it an authentic experience of community, which I think is an essential part of communion and uh, and of course uh, at Lifeway Worship we steward the Brawman and Holman supplies line, and we have this we have this resource uh, called pre-filled communion, which helps churches in this way. You don't have to pass elements person to person in the pre you can actually disperse them, and everyone pretty much serve themselves in a self-contained package. And and our pre-filled uh, communion supplies, we can't even hardly keep them in stock these days because churches are running to them for the for the sanitation aspect of that, um, and and people are finding the convenience of that. Um, and 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 Ricky and I, Ricky King, leads our supplies line. He speculates that we will have more churches using pre-filled after this because they've experienced it during this and they see that it really does. It is an effective way. Uh, to do the elements without all the handling of the individual pieces that have to happen in preparation or passing the plate. Um, and then the other thing that we have, um, we have small com- uh, portable communion sets um, where you can you can get a, a communion supply of, of that would serve 10 or 20 people, uh, and it's really small. Instead of those big trays, it's more of a portable kind of a communion set. But that raises other questions about... You know, how do you prepare and pass the elements in a way that meets uh, the expectations of our leaders that would like to us for us to practice social distancing? Uh, I, I, I don't have a prescription to answer all these questions. I do I would encourage leaders to at least ask these questions and know how you feel about all that instead of just defaulting to some ritual experience that, that may render the experience to be less meaningful than communion really ought to be. So I don't know how helpful that is, or maybe I've just raised more questions than I've given answers. But I think those are the kinds of questions that this time of isolation um, are, are requiring leaders to ask. And Brian, your point is well made, that we're seeing amazing creativity uh, uh, that churches are, are, are finding and using uh, during a time where the church is not gathering. The church has not been dismissed, but the church is scattered we're dispersed. Uh, my pastor says it that way. We're not dismissed. We're just dis- dispersed. And uh, and so we've got to continue the, the, the reasons that the church gathers. We have to find ways creatively uh, to continue that. Uh, during the time of isolation
0: and Mike one of the things that churches right now are, are grappling with is that Easter Sunday is approaching Yeah, and churches are trying to make their plans of how they're going to pull off of course most churches already had in mind what they were going to do for yeah. Easter Sunday morning and now they've got to see if they can pull that off and, in different ways and I've been watching a lot of communication back and forth between ministers and music online yeah. and in other ways about what their plans are and some are getting really mm-hmm. creative one church I heard Mike and I heard several others weigh in, they've made the decision that their Easter celebration will be the Sunday that they're all back together. Whenever that to is so they're gonna that's right. Yeah. You know, and as Southern Baptists we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. Sure. Um uh, and, and so you can do that, you can celebrate the resurrection of Christ when you all gather back together. That's just one idea. I I'm love sure that idea,
1: so. Brian. I I mean you cho- you shared that with me a couple of days ago. Uh, for those of you that are familiar with the metro groups there these are ministers of music that meet in groups uh, and stay associated with each other. Lifeway is privileged to serve a couple of those groups by managing their email list for them and We just host it and manage it for them and and that 's where we 're seeing a lot of these ideas that are flying back and forth in these chat rooms uh, between uh, worship leaders of varying size churches. And that idea has emerged where people are saying, hey, we don't know when it will be, but one of these days there's gonna be a Sunday that we all meet together again and we're gonna take our Easter plan and do it that day. And man, I get chill bumps thinking about that because uh, uh, the church, when the church does gather again, I I expect the stories from those gatherings to be amazing because the church, I think maybe we, we, it could be that some of us took for granted the privilege that we have in this nation to gather uh routinely in freedom to worship and we kind of we're realizing what we're missing uh now that we're not able to do that and boy when the when the sunday comes that we can do it I can't think of a better thing to do than to take that Easter musical that you've been preparing or that special set of Easter music or or different elements of worship for Easter Sunday and doing that the first Sunday that your church gathers back. What What an amazing idea, and I cannot wait to hear churches testify to what those services are like. I expect they're going to be pretty spectacular.
0: Yeah, Mike, it occurs to me throughout. Uh, history, You know, I've uh, spent a good bit of my time at Lifeway analyzing statistics about the church. And Easter Sunday has always been uh, probably the highest attendance or one of the highest attendance Sundays of the year. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it'll be, uh, you know, the first Sunday following the first full moon of the vernal equinox this year. Yeah. But whenever we gather back together and whenever your church gathers back together face to face, that's going to be a high attendance Sunday for well, you. Well, you would think. And whether you do your Easter or not, you, bl- I think you should blow out all the stops. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and no matter I, what for that My only
1: challenge to that, I, I agree with you, Brian. I think if if the fears of the virus spread have subsided significantly, then I would totally agree. I think we would expect uh, a huge response on that particular day. But if there is still some residual fear, you know, we we just don't know. We yeah. there, If there's still some underlying, and maybe, you know, I'm I'm hearing uh, our leaders talk about this, that there are parts of the country that that are dealing right, with right. this on different levels. And uh, you know, New York seems to be the epicenter uh for the United States. I think I heard uh yesterday that sixty percent of all new cases are in New York. Uh and yeah, that, as that we're just, recording this, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that as we're recording this, right. And uh uh and so maybe the churches in New York have to do something different. You know, uh, whenever right, people right. start coming back, it might be a different Sunday back.
0: for everybody instead of it <laughs> exactly. all being the same Sunday. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, and I heard somebody else say that that in Idaho they're not they're not really seeing much. So so uh, you know, it just depends on the on the different area. And of course, it makes sense that New York would be an epicenter of it because it's such an international place, and people have come from all over the world there. And and uh, and so who knows? And they're so
0: tightly packed together. Yeah,
1: absolutely. People are right there together. So. You know, Brian, I don't want to politicize this in any way, but I heard our president say this week uh, that um, that that his hope was that Easter Sunday, uh, at the time we're recording this, now by the time this publishes, this could be different, but his hope at least this week is that Easter Sunday would be the day when the federal government at least could say, uh, recommend that people can gather again. And what state governments and local governments might do, who knows, but but um, the president has kind of put that out there as an aspirational goal. I heard uh, Dr. Fauci, who has now become kind of a, a celebrity in our, our time because he is the head of the, the Center of Disease Control, and he has said that he doesn't contradict that goal at all, but he does stress that that's aspirational, and that the president will be flexible on that if if the data and the realities uh, dictate otherwise. But but as at the time of this recording, there's at least some chance from our leaders at least saying or hoping that Easter Sunday would be that day that uh, we can kind of give the go back to normal. Signal and man, wouldn't that be awesome if it turned out to be the day that we could, in fact, do that?
0: It would be would be incredible. Now, Mike, other churches, as you know, are planning on uh, already just getting ready for the reality. They're gonna they're gonna have Easter Sunday where it is on the calendar, and they're trying to figure out creative ways to do that using technology. One of the ideas that I saw that I thought was really good: um, one church is going to have their choir on Zoom, and you know, there's a free level of Zoom for those who haven't checked it out. I'm not sure exactly what the number is, but there's a certain number of people you can meet with where, where there's a free level. Yeah. What this church is going to do is they're going to do their choir on Zoom And then they've got uh, the praise team uh, six feet apart and they're going to be on the stage and they plan on doing their Sunday morning. The choir is going to do the choir special on Zoom and they're going to alternate back and forth from group shots from the Zoom. You know, in Zoom, you can see all the pictures of everyone who's on in a gallery. Yeah. uh, And this church may have a higher level where they could have, you know, more people in the the meeting room. I'm assuming they do. But the choir on Zoom and they're going to alternate the shots on their video stream between the choir and the stage and do Easter Sunday digitally. I just think that's a fantastic <laughs> you know, uh, idea if you if you can pull it off.
1: That's an example of the creativity you're talking about where, where yeah. the church is saying, hey, we're going to press on and we're going to do something with what we have and what we think is possible. And I can't wait to hear the story from that church of how that goes. And I'm sure they'll be capturing that on video. And we, maybe we can all see that and just see how that worked. And churches are doing that already with Bible study. Um, I teach a large life group at at our church at Brentwood Baptist. I, I'm the teacher there. I have a co-teacher that teaches in my absence when I'm out at churches or conferences. And, and that happens from time to time. But. Uh, Our life group is meeting through Zoom. And uh, Sunday night, I met with over 100 people on Zoom uh, as people were checking in and and being a part of that. And and there's some real etiquette that you need. I would encourage anybody, uh, do a little Google search on uh, how to use Zoom or how to use online technology. Zoom's not the only one. But they are one right. that a lot of people are using right now, and I've got to commend the people at Zoom because they are actually trying to accommodate the uptick in demand that many organizations are uh, and groups are using. And but at Facebook Live is another tool that people are using, and then and and yet still others are recording messages and posting them. And um, our our president at Lifeway, Ben Mandrell, it, has recorded a video message. Uh, for our company that's going to be sent out in a link um, for for viewing that way and of course vimeo and youtube and all of these platforms that you can share things on uh, churches are using them all I, I think the only thing i feel obligated to remind our people of is just make sure you understand what the licensing requirements are when you're using music on any of those platforms and understand that if you're streaming your worship you'll need a streaming license and, uh, and man, I was talking to one of the guys from CCLI this morning, and they have been amazed at the response all over the world. And CCLI has gone to actually great lengths to open up streaming licenses, even in parts of the world that have never had streaming licenses before. They have moved in, in rapid time to create an equivalent streaming license for other nations in the world that have never had streaming licenses before. And and people all over the world are signing up for streaming license because churches want to stream their services and they want to do it legally. I want to remind people of something that can be confusing, Brian, and I know this is going to be redundant because we've talked about this before, but I just since we're talking about this, I feel like I've got to say it is there is a difference between a streaming license and the license you need to stream recorded tracks and, and um, you actually need more than a streaming license if you are actually streaming something that is pre-recorded. Um, you will actually need a license of whoever owns that recording. And Lifeway Worship among, and there are other, other companies that are doing this as well. We're certainly not the only one doing it, but Lifeway Worship is giving gratis license to stream our recorded tracks uh, during this season and you can actually request those from our administrator music services and if you'll if you'll get in touch with us if you don't know how to do that uh we've got a tutorial on how to do that and what to do and uh and I would encourage churches to take those steps uh so that they don't aren't encumbered with license uh license abuses uh, as they're trying to worship and lead worship in their in their communities of faith And so Lifeway Worship's doing that, and I know there are other publishers doing it as well. And uh, so you need to take both of those steps if you are, in fact, going to stream recorded tracks.
0: Yeah. And Mike, what occurred to me just now, uh, and I I don't know why based on the conversation we're having, but one other thing that I am am grateful for and hopeful for in times of crisis is that it really calls the church back to prayer. Oh, Uh, yes. One of my favorite quotes that I've uh, heard recently was from uh, D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody, My dad probably quoted him more than any other preacher that he quoted or evangelist. Dwight L. Moody said, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach, only how to pray. And the power of prayer... When you're home and when you're alone, especially if you're a senior citizen, you have underlying health conditions. You can't get out. You shouldn't get out. Um, the power of prayer. Uh, think of Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and we could we could quote scriptures forever about the power of prayer and the example of prayer in the life of Christ That's on earth. Um, and so these moments, while we're getting creative with technology, while we're thinking about the ways we can go on, uh, boy, Mike, I hope they're not just driving us to more creative ideas about. How to keep doing the things we have? Boy, that's so well said, Brian.
1: I, I, man, I want to commend you for for bringing that out. What an important thing! If we if we just learn how to do it differently, but we don't, there's not a spiritual application of this experience, then good grief, we have wasted <laughs> an opportunity to 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 really uh, grow in our faith and our and have our people understand. I, I'd rather be a great prayer than a great preacher, and I guess. Uh, uh, I guess to paraphrase that for the musician, I'd rather be a great prayer than a great worship leader or a great singer uh, or a great musician. Uh, and and maybe maybe that is in fact I mean we won't ever know this side of heaven all that God's doing in this, but maybe one of the things he's doing is he's teaching us how to pray um, because really uh, that that's that's really all we really can do. Uh, to impact what is happening here is to really pray that God's Spirit will will use uh, this this moment in time to draw people to a deeper understanding of who He is and what He wants for all of us. Uh, my mind has been drawn uh, to the Scriptures uh, during this time for sure, and Psalm 66 has been something that is really, a matter of fact, we I actually pushed that out in a in a share square uh, earlier this week. Uh, you know, there's a part of Psalm 66 that talks about uh, He's testing us. Bless God, you peoples. Let the sound of His praise be heard. He keeps us alive. He does not allow our foot to s- slip. For you, God, have tested us. You refine us as silver is refined. And that's ex- boy, if that's that that's what's happening, God is testing and refining and And the psalmist cries out to God and and acknowledges that God is is in charge of all this. And yet, even in the midst of the of the trial and the test, uh, the song of praise keeps keeps coming. Uh, the psalm ends, "Blessed be God. He has not turned away from my prayer or turned his faithful love from me." Uh, so the worship continues a worship of a God that we desperately need, but we barely, if at all, understand. And we just have to trust him and that he's at work in all of this. You know, Brian, I I think I want to call out one more thing. We've talked about the creative ways worship ministries are trying to connect with their churches. I want to just appeal to all of the people that are listening that this is also a time to really check on people and and to take care of people. Think about that neighbor that may be... um, Isolated right now, their family lives in another part of the country, and they may be older and unable to get out and Maybe you could make a phone call and say, "Hey, can I pick up something at the store for you or 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 being sensitive to the people that are around us that maybe are at higher risk and and being uh you know being sensitive to the needs of others and being caring even as we isolate ourselves and and uh that we're our minds are on other people and how we can reach out and be be attentive to the people in our church, the people in our neighborhood, our neighbors, our, even our own family members. Uh, my wife, Teresa, said it this way. We were just talking yesterday. And, you know, this is a time for all of us just to show everyone just a little grace. Let's just be. Let's just show grace to each other during these days. Everybody's going to handle it differently, feel differently. There are going to be some people that are more more alarmed than others. Let, but let's all just be real patient and really full of grace toward each other as we walk through this. I would say that uh, we we all have more questions than answers right now, and uh, and and as we should. I, as a matter of fact, I you know my blog this week at Worship Life, I I made an appeal in kind of a backhanded way to say hey let's let's say less right now and and pray more and and listen more uh you know I, I, this is not the time to stand and pontificate uh this is the time to get real humble uh and 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 be really sensitive to what's happening around us and really take good care of each other the great andre crouch said if we never had a problem we'd never know that he could solve them and in one of his classic songs and then and then another thing, you know, and I don't even remember who to attribute this quote to, if you know, when in doubt, it's either Abraham Lincoln or C. S. Lewis. I mean, you can pick which one to attribute it to, but it's when we come to the end of ourselves and that's when we really see that uh that he is all we have. When he is all we have is when we discover he is all we need. And uh and we're getting really close to being at a point uh where really God you know, our 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 answers and our resources, uh, we're, we're seeing it very, very clearly that our resources have a limit to them. And our power is very limited and restricted. And uh, we really... Uh, are relying on the only one who can who can speak that that really is true all the time we're just not as aware of it as we are right now. We want all of our folks out there to know our team is praying. We got a we got a wonderful prayer request just yesterday from our friend Beth Honeycut who is a close friend, a worship leader over uh in in the Carolinas that we just love so much and gotten to know her through the years and she sent a very specific prayer request to us and assured us of her prayers yesterday. Uh, we want our listeners to know that we are praying for churches i was in a meeting last night with michael kelly our vice president and all the ministry leaders here at lifeway and lifeway i can i can tell you i'm not trying to sound noble here but i want to i want our people out there to know lifeway is not hunkered down saying how are we going to survive this lifeway is in a room saying how are we going to help the church and I'm very proud to be part of an organization that right now is asking that question, not the what do we need to protect ourselves and how do we get through this? Because LifeWay is being impacted. Don't, don't think for a minute we're not. We're, we're experiencing all kinds of impact. But, but that's not the question we're chasing right now because LifeWay doesn't have to exist. But the church will always exist, and we want to be faithful serving the church no matter what happens to LifeWay. We covet your prayers for us if you're listening to us, and we want to assure you of our prayers and our desire to, uh, to help any way we can. And we would say in the spirit of this creativity that you've called out, Brian, if there's a leader out there listening and you've got an idea of something we could do to help you, please call us because uh, we, we want to do everything we can to help churches
0: right now so if you want to call us let me tell them how they can do that Mike call 1-800-436-3869 that's our customer service team and they can route that information to us you can also email us worship at lifeway.com you can go to worshiplife.com and interact with us there or on social media whichever Twitter Facebook whichever uh, way you like to communicate so we would love to hear from you and hear those creative yeah, ideas that's awesome until next time from what we're calling the bunker here at Lifeway Worship and for the Worship Life Podcast, With Mike Harlem. This is Brian Brown saying thanks for joining us. We'll be back together to talk about worship and music and ministry very soon.